I used to take about two, three minutes on stage to create this mindset that he did in a sentence. Now, he never told me if he stole it from someone else, but it goes like this. <laughs> Treatment before diagnosis is malpractice. I love that. Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Love it. Let's talk about the third thing, which is the, the fears. When you're telling me this story and it just dawned on me, what I felt back when <laughs> bringing up the, the real estate days is all I could in the selling situation at that point, I had no framework. I didn't even know that yet. Yeah, like I said, I didn't even know that there could be a process to it. All I could think was fear. Like I was in this situation. I was led by fear. So everything I said was came from a place of fear, not from a place of not even a close to a place of what they need or anything. All I could, I was consumed with how scared I was and, and just, I just got to get one sale, one sale so that I can feel like I can do this or something, you know? Yeah. Well, it's fear, crazy. Fear for me came down to two things. One, and, and when I've trained and coached for so long now, even executives, when I do executive coaching, they have fear of taking action, you know? So everybody has a fear. Mm. And fear is unfounded. That is, you know, if you study fears, it's unfounded. It's just part of our primitive brain. And what the brain looks for to get rid of fear is a coping mechanism. So take you and real estate. If you didn't get good training, if you didn't get drilled and rehearsed and, and build some, some habits, then you were guessing at doing something. Right. Well, as soon as you guess at doing something, your brain starts to have this fearful track. You know, it starts with a little concern becomes worry, becomes anxiety. Before you know it, you're in panic and you're not sure that this is going to be right. And you either do it poorly, you avoid doing it, or you don't do it at all. But whenever we have coping mechanisms, which is basically understanding our process, then we know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, So the cure of fear is truly understanding the process by which that you are going in there to, to have this conversation. What's next? Yeah. What's my pathway? I always say, I don't care if they object or do something that you can't handle. Did you stay in the path to deliver properly? Did you, did you discover after you discovered, did you have some, I always say you have to challenge your belief system because if I ask you questions, you'll use words that I'll make assumptions on good salesperson challenges their own belief by asking, you know, you said X, I'm not really sure we're on the same page. What did you mean by X? Then I can go into my value proposition. When I'm done with my value proposition, closing the deal should be not a stressful thing. I should be able to say, you know, I believe I can provide that for you. Can we do business? Boom, it's done. But the other side of the fear was whenever we begin the process, when we're new or or struggling and you begin the process with the end, I got to have a deal. And that's what you said. When you have to have a deal, what you do is you skip all the parts to get the deal and you try to make a deal happen because you're in need. When the deal would have happened had you not walked in the door with that being top of mind. (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Needs to be, what's the challenge? How, how can I provide solutions? And then if I do that, I'll be fine. But if I go in going, God, if this one doesn't go, I'm in trouble. I can't make my car paint, whatever. Then we go in the door looking for a check instead of going in the door, looking to solve a problem with whatever product or service we have. And that has just always been an accelerator of fear. And it also takes you out of the game when it comes to your ability to sell. So that's the worst thing. I was my new people that will ask me, what should I do? I go, stop trying to sell something, go in there and learn something. You know, I, I was yeah. just in Ohio, as a matter of fact, um, uh, last week, and there was a new person in the crowd. I always try to engage the crowd. And, and the guy goes, I'm two weeks in the business. 
And I said, I'm calling you. And I looked at the owner. I said, I want his number. I'm calling. So I'm going to call you in 30 days. All I want you to tell me in 30 days is I want you to describe 10 people that you met and tell me all about those 10 people. I don't want to hear, did you get a listing, a sale? I don't care. I just want you to be able to articulate 10 people you met. And he was like, okay. And so afterwards, I walked up to him in the crowd. I said, I'm serious. You will hear from me in 30 days. And I expect you to be able to pull out your notes and go, here are the 10 people I met. Now, if he really does what I asked him, he'll also go, and I have a lead and, I, and, I'm, and I'm getting a listing. And I'm, But if he goes in the door going, I need a listing or I need a sale, we mess it up. Right. So interesting. So how do you, and I, I think that that, completely resonates with everybody, especially, especially me, um, with, uh, you know, my journey to sales, but how do you take somebody that doesn't understand these principles and get them to believe this, to, to just that staying on the path, like just stay on the path. How, how do you get somebody to do that? I think it's about, um, you know, the skill of it, number one, but also think of the layered effect of fear. You know, let's take an insurance agent. Uh, let's say they're business insurance. They got to walk in my office as a chief executive of a multi, uh, multiple companies. When you walk through the door, has to sit down and earn my business. Well, if getting my the appointment with me is fearful, and what am I going to say when I get in there is fearful? <laughs> I'm starting to layer fears. Is what's happening here. Right. So what I found in salespeople is meeting people and prospecting for opportunity becomes a desired behavior when I have nailed the skill of the process when I'm in front of you. We, most sales systems get them backwards. They teach about lead gen and, and business development prospecting. Then we get into what to do when you get a yes. With the fear factor I learned in my 30 years of doing this is so great to have that conversation. It's only compounded by, I'm also not sure what to do if they say yes. So right. I'm a big fan of making you a master. If you had a yes right now, you are the doctor. You know exactly how to walk in there, discover, you know, value proposition, the right product, service, or policy, and ask for the business. Now, all I need is someone to do it with. I always found that if I get them there first, then finding people becomes easy. But if I have mm. layered fears, I find there's a lot of hesitation. And then we go into passive, you know, in all sales, you can go do something passively that doesn't work as well or at all. You know, hey, let me send some emails and text her. I'm going to mail some stuff and sit and wait for someone to give me an order. That is always the death of a salesperson. I got to be proactive. I got to have the guts to go engage people, ask right questions, look for my sphere to lead me to others who have a need. If I don't have the desire to do that, because I'm not sure what to do on the other end of that process, I'm going to be bad at both. So I always look at the presentation, the control of that appointment for whatever you're selling. When I have that nailed, then they're like, okay, now how do I go do this? Can I need to go talk to people? So that's, that's another kind of differentiator in the way we approach sales is we try to teach some of the things that are layered fears before we go now go meet people. I love that because that was one of the things that I remember being afraid of was what if they do say yes? I don't know how to fill out this application. Like, I don't know. And then we get into that that feeling of unprofessional and they're going to laugh at me or they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing and I'll lose right. because of that. And, oh my God. You know, just too many layered fears. So Which almost might, and that almost might be worse, right? It's better to lose the sale in that circumstance. Like, like when it comes to our own ego, it's probably better to lose the sale than it is. So you're probably self-sabotaging, lose the sale rather than to make the sale and not be able to complete it and be found out as a fraud. Right. 
or even worse, be liable for something that you didn't do or should have done, you know? It's, right. And and so that's, you know, what is the process? I, I When I sit down with companies, I create income chains. I don't care what industry I, I work in. I've worked in several. I've got, you know, consultative clients in several industries. I always sit down with the smartest people there and I go, let's go through it. You call it a sales funnel, whatever. I call it an income chain. You know, what is the different links of the chain to get to revenue? And then once we have those links down, then I go, what are the skills, strategies, and attitudes in each link that have to be mastered for you to have a strong link? And it literally creates a, a training path, if you will, for people to go. But then the other thing it does for leaders, for people leading salespeople is if I sit down with you and I see a repetitive failure in a certain area. I'm going to say, what link are you failing? In? If you go back mm-hmm. to the links, you go, shoot, I'm failing in the third link. Okay, what are the skills and strategies there? Go back and practice those because that's where you're falling down. So, you know, again, it's a science. Sales is a science with a little bit of you know, human resource in there to deliver it. But I'm going back to the very beginning. When we when we have that that's not me approach, Dan, that sounds too salesy. Dan, that sounds too weird. I just wouldn't like it if you did that to me. I always go, if you had a need to buy or sell my product, you would love that I did it. If you were a tire kicker or someone that just isn't going to buy the product, you would go, this is a waste of my time. Trust me in when people have a need, these things work great. When people don't have a need, they don't. Which the other thing for salespeople is if I can stay in my process, on my path, the people that will waste my time stick out like sore thumbs because they don't like my process. Mm. People that won't waste my time follow my process as long as my process is embedded in the need of that consumer for whatever the product or service is. Truth. Love it. Love it. So you've worked with insurance companies. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it, it happened, uh, you know, I was prospecting. I get a lot of business on airplanes because uh, I'm flying a lot up in first class. I'll sit next to other executives and it, and it always goes, what do you do? What do you do? And then I go into <laughs> my discovery. And what I find is with, I'll give you the question I asked the carrier, one of the senior people of, of this big company. I said, so you're struggling with being commoditized and uh, your team is not getting where you want to go. No. So I asked this question. I said, if I had two doors and I lined your AEs up behind the two doors, and I said, you have to come knock on one of the doors and come through the door. One is about the insurance product, the laws, the product. The other is about professional selling technique. Now, if you fail, as you come through the door, you're fired. I said, what door would all your people line up at? He goes, the insurance door. I go, there's why you don't have success. <laughs> and he was I love like, it. then he went, give me your card. And <laughs> on the road I went, I did that with pharmaceutical. I had a, a lady in pharmaceutical and she goes, we only have three minutes, two minutes to talk to a doctor. And, and I said the same thing. I said, you know, in your 17 weeks of training, how much is on, you know, the soft skills of engagement and how much is on the product? And she goes, well, it's all on product because of, so I role-played with her. I actually got the woman to role-play with me on the plane. I said, okay, I'm the doctor. You're one of your reps. You know, I'm at the coffee pot, go. And she's babbling. And I said, you're featured on the And so she had, a, I forget the drug, but she had a drug that reduced post-use problems by over 30%, by a third. So I said, let's switch roles. You're the doctor. I'm you now. She goes, okay. I came in and I forget the name of it. And I said, hey, doc, just a quick second. When you have a patient that has X, and you're, and you're treating it, how often does this happen? And I said, the bad thing. And he goes, uh, she goes, well, it happens a lot. I said, if we could cut that by a third, would you be interested in having a chat with me on how we can accomplish that? 
And she goes, how are you going to do that? I said, well, I know you're busy. Could we schedule a time to really sit down and talk about it? And she looked at me and she goes, you didn't talk about it at all. I said, no, I found the need. And then I provided an opportunity for them to get rid of that pain. And so I had an opportunity to work with them. I said, you know, it's, we don't have enough people that understand what sales is from a professional science perspective. So we just do activities and hope we get sales. I love that. So uh, captive carrier, a lot of, there's a lot of fears with um, agents of captive carriers and I don't have the same fears because, and I say this all the time is that our team, I mean, we could sell shoelaces tomorrow. We'd be okay. And I don't even care what kind of shoelaces, but you brought, like, I never thought about that until, until this conversation is that the reason why I feel that way is because I did, our team has invested in, in the sales skill and process rather than just knowing about a product. What liberation happens when you look at things like that? Because now you're not handcuffed to a product. You have the skill that you could sell any product. Anything. Anything. Love that. Super Anything. cool. And the other thing is when you do have a menu of product, we, the other thing we do is we'll fall in love with our own products sometimes. You know, I don't really right. like that when it doesn't do it. Eh, it's not that good, but it might be the perfect one for me. And so you try to bring me into a product that really isn't perfect. So I give you resistance and you're like, God, I keep getting resistance. Well, cause you're giving me a screwdriver when I need a hammer. <laughs> right. And you know, I've got a buddy of mine that I speak on this, on the circuit with. And uh, as speakers on main stage and stuff, we always in the behind the curtain, we always talk about, hey, I like what you just said. So we talk about that we can steal it from each other. Yeah. We always say, you got to give credit three times before you can steal it. And this is one <laughs> of those things that was so good that I give him credit every time because I used to take about two, three minutes on stage to create this mindset that he did in a sentence. Now, he never told me if he stole it from someone else, but it goes like this. <laughs> Treatment before diagnosis is malpractice. I love that. His name's Mike. Treatment before diagnosis is malpractice. And when you really stop and think about outside of the medical field, the number of people that if we were held to that standard, create, you know, commit malpractice because we come in predetermined with something instead of come in and learn something and then solve it. So that's been the, the driver of my when I work with salespeople in our company, all of my trainers, all of my coaches, it's always been the drive about stop worrying about the sale, worry about the problem. The sale comes very easy when you provide a solution and yep. uh, come through the door, the best in the world. And, and here's something you'll find in talking to other people, test them. Most people can't articulate questions off the top of their head. So mm. I do the people all the time. I go, give me your three best questions to discover my needs right now when it comes to X. The first thing I see in the salesperson is then look up and go, I go, okay, if you have to find it, that means when you're in front of someone, you talk more than you ask. Mm. And they're like, oh. I go, and if you've ever yeah. been the consumer, we don't like whenever the person that we're trying to gain something from talks at us. I said, so the formulation of questions is not natural in salespeople either. So therefore they go, well, what should I do? I go, write them down. There's no foul in you having a book and have questions written down and walk in and go, hey, before we get started, may I ask you a few questions and follow the darn questions? Right. So you look at you and go, oh man, you must be new. <laughs> I mean, right. Even our best sales agents in our agency will have to go back to the script. 
and you see it. I mean, you probably see it on the on the speaking circuit too. Is that I mean, there's some dudes that can probably go into onto a stage and have no framework and completely rock a stage, like Tony Robbins or something. But even Tony has a has a framework that he goes into yeah. it as. Yeah, I'm gonna so, tell you that is spot on, Jason. Because I have been I have been at conferences and been approached and said, "Hey, we just thought it really really cool." You know, you've been listening to everything. Can you go up and give us 30 minutes wrapping what you, what, what the, you know, what was the conference about and give us 30 minutes wrapping what the conference was about. And before, you know, that, that would be frightening as hell, you know, but, but it's like, sure. I just go follow my process. And my process is, I don't care if there's 60 people in the room or a thousand people in the room, I'll engage the crowd, get a couple of things out of them and then speak to them. And people are always like, God, that was so cool. You know, you didn't even plan for that. And I go, well, because I have a process. So if I'm ever in that situation, I don't, I'm not going to, if I get up there and babble for 30 minutes, everybody's going to go, oh, don't hire him. <laughs> right. I get, I get you engaged. You're going to walk out and say, well, that was amazing. So it, there's a skill and a strategy behind doing that right. And whenever you master, go back to mastery. I always say, you know, just to give you my definition, mastery, technique mastery is the ability to duplicate the skill or strategy on demand without fear. Mm. Meaning I could pull you up on main stage and go, Jason, we're going to do an agency or a uh, customer engagement for uh, XYZ insurance. I'm the customer, you're the agent, go. And you'd be like, no problem, sit down. And I always say, Love if it. you can't say no problem, sit down, then you don't have mastery, which means you're coming in fearful. Right. Is, technique mastery is the ability to duplicate any skill or, or technique on demand without fear. And my analogy for that one is I always use Sully, the guy that landed the airplane in the Hudson. He had mastery of that aircraft. Mm. Let's have mastery of our craft and we'll never get in trouble. Oh, love it. I love it, Dan. Excellent, man. I I love this. Uh, This conversation is always so much fun. I love hammering in the need for sales because, I mean, it's this scary thing to most people or mystical thing. And it's really not. And it really is important. It's not. Well, I guess it, it the word is kind of bastardized like we talked about earlier with the you know because people can commoditize things but it's so important. I mean, it's the lifeblood of our economy. Um I love it, man. Dan, how can people get a hold of you now that they're curious and they're engaged? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um if they go to danelzer.com, it's e l z e r, danelzer.com, you'll get forward into our training webpage. My uh, consulting page is down right now, so we're forwarding everything to the training page. And cool. uh, you can find us that way if people are, are writing something down or you can call us at the office. Uh, my ops person's Judy. It's 407-786-5525. We're always willing to have a free conversation with anybody. Love it. Okay. So final question of the interview, which um, since we're coming up to the end of the year, and I'm sure it's going to be the, the same for a real estate person as, a, as an agent. But going into 2022, what's the number one piece of advice that you would give any sales agent? Uh, For me, right now, with the Federal Reserve pulling stimulus out of the marketplace, Mm. you know, especially in the real estate industry, but in all industries, there's Mm -hmm. going to be a fear in salespeople's minds as they read and see the um, headlines of all this trillions of dollars. The Federal Reserve is going to try to cool off the market and blah, blah, blah. So that always I find in a transition that salespeople become fearful, not only just of their abilities, but all of a sudden of their opportunities. So my best advice right now is a little different than maybe you would have thought is anytime a market transitions, 
it is the greatest opportunity for a salesperson because most salespeople are not equipped for it. So if you'll sharpen your skills, if you'll be purposeful, you can actually have a better year in a transitioning market than a hot market. So I just really think right now for the true pros out there, 2022 can be an amazing year while other salespeople start to go, oh God, should I stay in this? What am I doing? You know, is the market going to crash on me or is this going to happen? I really think that, you know, as, as they get fearful and, and, and step away from doing the job, the market might consolidate some, but there's fewer people selling to that market. So all of a sudden your opportunity grows exponentially. So my best advice is be prepared, be planned and go out on purpose and execute and ignore the noise because a lot of people are going to get fearful. Oh, so good. Dan dropping knowledge nuggets all over this interview. So thank you so much, Dan. It was my a pleasure, pleasure meeting you. Awesome. My pleasure. Thanks I so much. I truly appreciate the opportunity to join your uh, podcast. It was great. Oh, love it, man. We're, we're, we are honored to have you on it. So thank you so much, Dan. You're welcome, man. Hey, Jason. Yes, Mr. Craig. That was another awesome episode, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to get a little bit more action and, and learn how to do uh, write 100000 in premium yes. off of even the worst internet leads, where could they go? They can go to live.teledudes.com. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Are we going to be there? Yes. It's a weekly call that we're doing right now that will, it's live and it will show you the process. The entire process mm. is super awesome. Mm. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sign up right now. Live.teledudes.com. Live.teledudes.com. That's live.teledudes.com. Hey, Craig, there's a new community that we are starting that I cannot wait to tell everybody about. It is our live texting community where you and I are going to answer people's questions and give them free content, right? Are you kidding me? We get to talk to them? Yeah, which is awesome, but they have to opt in. They have to text us at 520-214-2219. That's 520-214-2219. Nice. I'm Greg, are you going to respond to these texts? I'm going to respond to them for sure. Live. I'm into it too. It's going to be well, awesome. And it's a, it's going to be our new texting community where we're going to get back to everybody that we can and drop some crazy content, free content and free um, the calculator that you just came up with. Mm. That's right. The calling calculator, sales material. I mean, everything for insurance agents, this is it. It's the best texting community out there for insurance agents. Well, what the heck is that number again? I can't remember it. It's 520-214-2219. That's 520-214-2219. I love it. I'm going to text it right now. 520-214-2219. All right. I'll see you later, Mr. Jason. Bye, Mr. Craig. Wait, do they even listen to this on the radio anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice. Uh, all right.